welcome back to the Football Fools Podcast, the number one football podcast in the great state of Colorado, Westminster area. Football Fools with a Z, of course, if you didn't know, Fools, because we are Fools, so we can't spell. Um, been about two weeks, I think, since we did our last podcast. Um, I don't think Mark's going to be joining us tonight. He's uh, too busy protecting the nation uh, somewhere. I don't know. He's in, like, New Jersey or something. There's a lot of shit going on there. So uh, I'm going to kick it to John with the first topic of the night. All right. Yeah, we've just got kind of like Also, uh, thank you for having me on the show tonight. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it, it is an honor, and by honor, we mean we don't care. All right. So <laughs> – we're going to jump in with uh, some random topics tonight. Just not a whole lot going on in the news cycle, but uh, let, let's get started talking about the Rams salary cap gymnastics. They found a way this past week re resign or extend Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. Uh, doesn't seem like they're playing by the same cap of, as everybody else, but one of the interesting things that uh, I've read about it and heard about it is it has a lot to do with how rich their owner is. Like they can just do massive sign-in bonuses, and that allows them to do that. That allows them to keep re-signing all these guys and seeming like that they're cheating. And that's another thing. Like I would roll into it where the Broncos just have a new owner that paid a record amount for the team that is now the richest owner in the NFL. Uh, so I'm hoping that's something that they do. But as far as sticking with the Rams, uh, Brian, what, what do you think about what they've been able to do with the salary cap the last few years? Yeah, I think it's like uh, what we've been trying – or trying to say, what we've been kind of talking about before. Like, uh, there is a salary cap, but there's ways around it. These owners uh, – it's kind of like the whole college, uh, <clears throat> how what, this last year was the first year to uh, actually make money and uh, uh, market their name, their own name, which is crazy. But um, I, I think – sorry, I kind of got, like, off topic. But, like, I think it's kind of like that, how, uh, dude, owners can for sure slip these guys' money under the table. And, like, uh, I'm surprised these numbers aren't lower that we're hearing. But it's pretty remarkable. And it's kind of annoying because it's like, uh, you know, the Yankees or Dodgers in baseball, um, the way I look at it. Are you kind of pissed off your parents made you do gymnastics now instead of play football? What? <laughs> Never mind. Couple truly's deep. I see. Okay. Did we um, do this? Is it, what? What are you talking about? Shut up. Anyway, uh, yeah, richest team in the NFL, richest owner in the NFL, um, with the Broncos. So big news there. I remember uh, listening. I, I forgot. It might have been the uh, Broncos podcast or something on YouTube. These guys have been following for like eight years. But I think they were talking about one time how the Broncos were at a significant dis disadvantage as far as ownership um, because of the money situation. Like the Chiefs, it was the year the Chiefs like went out and signed like Chris Jones and Frank Clark or whatever, and they just like bolstered their defense and had like really, really big money in free agency. And it was like you can get these guys because of your your team and because your owner is able – sorry, my dog's an asshole. Uh, because your owner is able to uh, – <clears throat> write these fat checks for, for, for like free agent players. So, and the Broncos didn't have an owner at the time once uh, Miss, Mr. Bolin passed away. Um, so we were at a significant disadvantage in the league because of such a thing. So um, Ryan, I don't know like what your guys' owner 
checkbook looks like, but you have a, you guys have always been pretty steady and you guys don't have to sign a bunch of big free agents every single year. So you've never really had to worry about that. But in like the last 10 years, the Broncos have almost exclusively relied on free agency. It feels like to try to make a big splash in their, uh, on their roster. So I'm pretty stoked that, uh, that we got our new owner finally and that he's uh, loaded. Yeah, I would expect an implication of that be that Russell Wilson gets a new contract soon. I bet that oh. was one of the things holding it up. Lock him up for a couple more years. Yeah. What is he current? What is it currently right now? Like how long is he here for? Uh, is it four years or something? No, years or it's something? not that long. I think it. I think it might be two. Okay. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. It's like I wouldn't be shocked if he. I mean, if I was him, I would be asking for something like Watson got. Just give me, fully give, guaranteed. Give me, give me four or five years, fully guaranteed. I, I'm not a criminal, so it ought to be pretty easy. So that's <laughs> true. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> well. It, any uh, another team I kind of wanted to throw out as far as the salary cap gymnastics, like I hope the the Broncos do that. Uh, do y'all think that's something the Cowboys should consider doing? Like everyone talks about Jerry Jones being older and not like they draft really well, but it just does. It, it seems like the Cowboys have to do something to make more of an impact. And like even though they're a talented roster, you would think with Jerry that that would be a move that they're going to make. Does that that make sense to you, Ryan? Yeah, I. I feel like, I mean, I guess they haven't really been a free agent uh, besides like Amari Cooper and stuff. But uh, well, they traded for him too. Yeah, th- th- that's what I mean. I was trying to like talk about free agency, but uh, they're they're not super huge. Like they draft their guys for the most part. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, uh, I don't really care about the Cowboys, man. Uh, they're trash. Always will be trash. Uh, second to Philadelphia. Oh, right, fair enough. I, I hate Philadelphia too, so I'll, I'll give you that one. Twenty-two percent of our viewership is in Dallas, actually. So, uh, oh shit. Yeah, and that's at least um, twenty to twenty to twenty-two thousand people. So, um, do not do not badmouth on the pod, please. Well, Sorry, the, our our one uh, Dallas listener I know of is a Broncos fan, so I think we're we're clear there. Just the one you know. So exactly, and the, the other twenty-one thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. Not sure. Probably yeah. at least a few like it. At least a few. Well. Uh, speaking of, since we, we just touched on him being a, a criminal and everything, uh, th- this Brown situation with Deshaun Watson, more allegations continue to come out. Uh, more allegations continue to come out against him. It just gets uglier and uglier by the day. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the interviews that he's given with the league and uh, now that they're starting to investigate this, but it, it's looking like he's going to be suspended for a really long time. And I, I don't know. I'll ask Justin. Do you think, like, what would you put? Probably pretty small, I would guess. But what percent chance would you put that? Like, what if he never plays again? Again? Yeah. Ooh. Um. I don't know. I think uh, it's not. I'm saying. Well, I guess what I'm saying is it's not zero percent. No. It's not zero. I'll. I'll. No. Uh, if I can jump in front of Justin real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I'll make a good comparison that I think it is, and I will say he's the next Mike Vick. I think he plays again, but comes back and he just hasn't played in a while and just, he'll be a backup. Yep. Well, what if, uh, so, I mean, if he winds up with a major suspension, like, because they basically, the the way the Browns did it, I kind of feel like they deserve to be screwed out of it because like they decided to give him that contract, even after they said they investigated it and they, they did their due diligence, but they, they knew what had happened. It's not like these allegations, just came out and was new and they're blindsided like but 
I don't know exactly how it would work if there's an opportunity that they're able to tear up his contract and that, that they're, uh, that they could get out of that. But like we, uh, the last pod that Ryan wasn't on, I know you, you already listened to it and everything, but how they said, like we brought up, was that the riskiest move in the history of the NFL trading all of those picks and giving him all that money, knowing what was on the line? Do you, do you think that, that that would be the case, especially in light of the new things? I, you, I forget what they gave gave up for him. Was it two? How many first round? I believe picks? it was three first round. I think it was picks. three first, two seconds, and like a fourth and a sixth or something weird. It was like seven picks, I think. Do they get those back? Is there any like? No. Uh, that's gone. You can undo that. I don't really know. And this is more of a Mark thing. And of course he's protecting our great nation. So he won't be here, but um, <clears throat> I think that's more of a Mark question. Cause he's the one that always knows like the details of the contracts and stuff. He looks more into that stuff, but um, I don't know what the, what the money looks like. It's fully guaranteed. So I can't imagine, you know, yeah, I was just wondering he, if, it, if it would be like contingent on like him or making it to camp or making it to the season. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Because if if not, that's the most Browns things that's that's the most Browns <laughs> Browns thing that's ever happened in, in history. Well, and you remember they they intentionally set up that contract and gave him all bonus that first year, where he would only lose like a million dollars if he gets suspended all year. So like that that's one of those where I kind of feel like the NFL should just stick him with it if that that's something they're able to do. Yeah, I agree. Um, and every day I just don't understand. <laughs> I saw something the other day that said he saw. 77 different masseuses in 2020 yeah. or something like that in one year. Right. And I was like, who does, who needs that? Right. It was even playing that year. Well, and and an- another part is the Texans are now absolutely implicated in it. Like, yeah. I don't know what, what is that? Like they might get fine. Some of the draft picks they got for them. It might just be that n- nobody winds up with those, but like they, they may not have known every detail of what was going on, but they were setting him up in hotels, like with massage therapists that were not part of the team, which is extremely sketchy. Like, I don't know if that's something that could also result in their owner again ousted. I know that a lot of people don't like him. Like they feel like he's kind of a a child too, McNair that inherited it from his dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it'll be entertaining to talk about at least. I don't care about either of those teams. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, let the dumpster fire burn. I guess if you're the Texans, you kind of do anything you can to to make your players happy. Literally, I mean, more so than most teams, just because your team's so trash. So you want your guy to at least be happy. And I guess uh, his vice is massage therapist. Yep, absolutely. He's to the the tune of uh, near 100 in a year. So um, good for him. Good, I guess. Or I don't know. (laughs) Don't cancel me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know um we'll see okay gosh sorry are you watching hockey right now ryan too no okay. i'm trying to get on fights oh. trying to watch the fights oh get a job man come on yeah um Come anyway on the pod. yeah sorry Watson, Texans, Washington, Texans. no nothing i don't give a shit about them anymore i'm so tired of talking about him man he's uh <laughs> it's, i was talking to, to drew right now about about him and uh i don't think he's gonna play this year if he plays like mm-hmm. If he plays at all, it's going to be like a game, and then he'll talk Watson, huh? You talk Watson, right? Yeah, he'll play like a game and get immediately suspended for the rest of the year or some shit. And, and, then... and I don't think Baker is going to work it out and play for him either. Like, yeah, they're going to be. I think it's Brissett that they signed. Like, they're, they're... I think it was a Dolphin. Or was that no, last that's, year? That's Teddy. No, that was last year. Okay. Uh, 
but yeah, like they're going to be stuck with Brissett, yeah. right? And it's going to be an ugly year for them. And they they traded their pick, so you know, even if like they probably won't be like a three win team, but like even if they get a good pick, it's not going to be theirs. So yeah, they they signed Clowney again. They uh, gave Njoku a random extension. So I don't get that one still, but yeah, I mean they tried to keep as many pieces of there as there as they could <clears throat> they could expecting uh, to have Watson. Yeah. I shall and they brought in Amari Cooper. Oh, yeah. God, how did I forget about that? Geez, the biggest one, right? Yeah, it just uh, doesn't seem like it's going to pan out. It seems like it's going to be a uh, percent to, to Cooper. Right. Well, uh, speak, speaking of quarterback drama, um, not nothing that we know of, at least uh, illegal here, but one of my opinions that, that's emerging, this is a, a player, like, over the years, I've started off not liking him, kind of began to thaw, uh, started liking him the past couple of years. And now he's just getting on my nerves all over again. And that is Aaron Rodgers. My, I think that he just needs to shut up for about a month. Like he, he needs to do what Bill Mickelson did and just go away and not talk about anything, not say anything. Because like, if you guys have seen it, he's constantly still talking about retiring. Like the Packers just gave him $150 million, basically all guaranteed. And he's still talking about walking away retiring being over it and like at a certain point like at, like it, it's starting to make sense like you, i'm sure you probably saw where uh Devontae adams said that he thinks Carr and aaron Rodgers are on the same level skill wise and uh, there's no way he honestly believes that but like that has to be a dig towards rogers and I, I i'm beginning to think because of of all the the melodrama and everything that's probably why Devontae adams wanted out of there like uh, I, I get Rodgers is great and everything, but what, on top of all the postseason disappointment and like it always having to be about him, like that—that's just not setting a good environment for your team. Like you've been in the league for 15 years, figure out a way to not have to be the center of attention. Uh, is, is he also getting on, on your nerves, Ron? I a little bit. The retirement talk—I I don't like, man. Especially when it goes on for seven years, like. Brady, Ben, Rivers, now Rogers, you know, and uh, I want to point out and the difference though. Like Brady, never until now, he's never talked about it. Like he's never acted like that's a thing or used it as a card. And it's something that Rogers is doing every single year. At True, the- and I get your point because I'm talking more media, but I get your point, which is him himself talking about it, and um, yeah. You know, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's pretty annoying, especially if I'm if I was a Packers fan. That's got to be it's got to make you dis- dislike him a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you're stuck with them, but I, I know that if I was a fan of that team, I I would not be happy. Like it's it's pissing me off, and I don't even like the Packers, and I want them exactly. to shut up and stop talking about it. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers' new girlfriend? Um, it, I, he's just trying to outdo Elon Musk. <laughs> he just keeps getting these like weird girlfriends. Uh, do you see his new girlfriend, Ryan? Not no, that, not at all football related, but her name is Blue. Was it Blue of Earth? Blue she of Earth. is a self-proclaimed witch and uh, a bunch of other weird crap. And so, like Rogers is still, you, you know, just going down the the wormhole, doing the ayahuasca or whatever it is, peyote in the off season, doing his thirty day cleanse and. I don't know. Like, if they win the Super Bowl this year, may, maybe Blue deserves some credit. Maybe she casts a spell, and that, that's what turns it around for him. But uh, he it, it seems kind, kind of bewitched coming in the postseason, so maybe he, he's turning over every stone that he can. 
Yeah, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty tired of Aaron Rodgers too. I don't think I just like NFL quarterbacks right now. Deshaun Watson, uh, uh, Drew Locke. He he's just seems way too happy with being the Seahawks quarterback and getting completely ousted from. Well, dude, he he probably shouldn't be a starter. That's what I'm he, saying. He's got to be happy that somebody <laughs> believes in him. Like I'd be grateful if I was him too. I honestly, think, I, don't, I really don't think they believe in him. I think they're just. I, I think Pete Carroll does. Like he's not he's not tanking. Like he's incorrect. Like Locke could turn turn out to be okay, but like meaning bottom half of the league starter at best. I do not think that Pete Carroll's trying to tank. He's too old. Dude, I, I, we're playing them week, is it week one. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to be so, so upset. And I know it won't be a reflection of the rest of the year for Russ, but I'm going to be so upset if we somehow drop that one to Drew Locke and he just, like, puts on a, on, on a show. He'll have a great game. Yeah. Pick, pick him in Daily Fantasy. For- <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. The Seahawks <laughs> don't have anyone, dude. <laughs> What do you mean they still time to lock it in DK? Yeah, like, and he just I, saw that. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, don't care. Transformer neck. Yeah, they have a bionic running back, <laughs> as you just saw when I sent in the pod. Guys, I'm going to throw out a random thought I just had. I'm sitting here. I'm drinking a beer. I got a nice Zen in, which brings us to our new sponsor, Zen. <laughs> Z-Y-N Peppermint. Six milligrams if you're a man. You can buy it in any gas station near you. But I just had this random thought, guys, and I – it's not so foolish, but Baker Mayfield to the Atlanta Falcons at some point this year. This year? See, I actually thought of them as a team for him before they got Mariota. And, like, I, I think the Falcons actually like the – like, this sounds like a shock – the high-character quarterbacks. They had Matt Ryan, got Mariota. Uh, Ritter kind of seems in that vein, too. I don't think they'd want to deal with the drama, but I, if they didn't have Mariota, that would have been a landing spot for him. Yeah, for sure. I, I think they like to shit on their quarterbacks. Like, uh, they, like, they like to slight their quarterbacks. And yeah, then actually, just... yeah, I disagree with my random thought now because I forgot they got Ritter. It's okay, man. You're uh, <clears throat> you're altered right now, well, so it's fun. I would tell you a team if they could somehow fit it under the cap. I don't think they could, but – uh, weirdly, well, could make sense for for Baker, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Oof, because like Murray gets hurt or is also a drama queen every year, and Mayfield also played for Kingsbury in college. Uh, same uh, like college. At, at least you have somebody that because like, do you guys think that like is Baker one of the best thirty two quarterbacks in the league at least? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think so. Like, yeah, like, like I think he's good enough to be a starter somewhere, and it. It just yeah. happens like Trubisky was the one that the musical chairs left him standing last year and he didn't get a job, but now it looks like he might have one this year. And I think Baker's just that guy for this season. You know where Baker needs to end up? And this is really random. I don't know why we're talking so much about him, but <laughs> he's, he's undeserving right now. But um, he should go to like the, the Jets or the Giants. Yeah. He needs to be in New York. Yeah, Giants could, could make sense. Like, yeah. I, Daniel Jones sucks. Well, both of them could make sense. I wouldn't want him to mess with Wilson because it makes sense. Like, they just drafted him, and, like, you got to give him a chance. But, like, the Giants got to have something besides Danny Dom. Well, I'm not even talking about this year. Like, I was, I just meant, like, next up. I mean, the Giants could probably, the whole thing could probably happen this year. Sure. Because if Danny Dimes ends up sucking again, then, yeah, you could make a trade for Baker. And they they seem to pay random players egregious amounts of money for no reason. Um, Yeah, actually, I don't like to agree agree with you, but uh, I like that idea. I think that's uh, very reasonable. And like, because Baker, especially like marketing wise, dude, exactly. Baker Mayfield's Baker Mayfield's a hated guy. He fits that New York persona. Like, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, like he's and 
I hate yeah. them already. Yeah. And the only reason I say the Jets is also because it's in New York, but that would be more of a next year thing. Like I think the Jets are going to give Zach Wilson another year for sure to be the, to be the guy. But if he gets hurt again and he is tiny and he does run, he's bulked up, man. You well, didn't see that. Like everybody always does every off season. Yeah. He's in the best shape of his life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if, if he gets, uh, you know, if he gets hurt again, if he has another bad season, they might just jump ship. If they can, you know, get another first round quarterback without having to, give up much you know what i mean so it, i don't know it's just another landing spot it, my whole thing is the personality you know they always say like oh he's got he's perfect for the new york life and stuff like that and the big the big uh personality and they always do that say that stupid shit when they're getting drafted to new york and it's full of reverse obj yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so uh i don't know or we'll see in a, in a year and a couple months what, what ends up happening with you know if where he lands but i think those would be two good spots for literally no apparent reason you know, and since we've been crushing quarterbacks, I'll just say something good about one of them right quick. Like, it just makes me continue to appreciate Derek Carr because yeah. he, he just seems like such a good person and all of his teammates always love him. Like, if you've seen him and Adams, which they were obviously teammates in college, but since, like Adams was in the Raider jersey and Carr runs over in his interview. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, but it's like, it's not that hard. Try to copy that. Like, it's not that hard to – to at least pretend you're a good person. You don't have to act like a jerk all, all the time. Yeah. And uh, he's just, he's been, been doing nothing but getting shit on his entire career from the media and keeps a straight face. Doesn't really say much. All he's done is make the playoff two years, two years with like two he trust teams. a statue for yeah. the Raiders. Like, yeah. For real. He's been nothing but like the, the, the epitome of like a, a great, you know, team teammate. And uh, out of uh, all that, he came out of Bakersfield. Go figure, right? Great people, huh? No, terrible people. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I was saying. He's, he's, and he's on the Raiders. It makes sense. Yeah, he just continues that on. It makes sense. It's just like, how? How did, how did Bakersfield produce such a, an upstanding citizen? You know, then we got Ryan. Look at him. He's moved all the way to Pennsylvania, and he can't stay sober for like five minutes. Oh, no, right. sober today. I mean, what is sober? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's relative. Yeah, you're <laughs> I've only had about four. Anyways, proceed. <laughs> well, speaking of a of a sobering ball, let, let's uh, pivot to another quarterback that's made some news this week, and uh, that was Tom Brady talking about his offseason flirtation with the Dolphins. I, I'm not sure if you're retired and a team has your right. Is that still like collusion? It is, right? I don't know. I don't think anything any rules apply to Tom Brady. Really, true. I mean, they're not going to do anything to yeah. him. But like he he openly said when asked about about the Dolphins that he had a lot of conversations with a lot of people. And he was definitely the quarterback that met on the yacht with Steven Ross a couple of years back before when like Flores refused to meet with them. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a stupid decision. Like, <laughs> why would you not entertain bringing Tom Brady in? Uh, but like, as far, I, I'll ask Ryan on this. Do you think that there's any chance Brady ever winds up playing for the Dolphins or at least, gets involved in their ownership after he's done playing? Oh, yeah. I think, think that's very possible. Uh, which which one? Definitely not playing. I, I think he's coming down. To, he's going to end, end in Tampa, probably sign a one-day or with uh, New England. Um, but I think he, like, Or 10 years down the road. Yeah, I'll give him three years. You know, I don't even want to start yeah, thinking I, about that. He doesn't get hurt, you know? Well, just do one dare with New England. Like, he said goodbye to them. Yeah. yeah. He would um, do, do one day with New England, for sure. I'd bet money on that. Like, I mean, it's like Frank Gore. He, he assigned a one day with uh, the Niners, you know. 
I'm still pretty sure he could play for another 10 years, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely – he definitely will also, I, I believe, like he'll be in the front office somewhere, like like Elway. Yeah, 100%. See, I could see him at – I think he's going to be like more of a of a figurehead for the Dolphins. Like I, I really – like he signed that huge Fox contract. I think he, he's got plans for for something brewing. And he, he could be – like we've seen with, with other – famous players like Derek Jeter became like quote unquote the Marlins owner and basically put up like $10 million for it. Like somebody that has the pool of Brady could do exactly the same thing where he's not the one putting all the money up, but he could be the lead of an ownership group. Like I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Steven Ross, why he would want to sell, but I think at minimum Brady could become the face of that franchise and kind of be the dude that, that, Lures in free agents, and they just use him in a, a lot of a lot of roles for the team. Literally, the, the John Elway. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. No, I I could be wrong, but I think uh, isn't he's already already into stuff like that because uh, isn't he in the same investment group that owns the UFC now for four billion dollars, like with uh, Mark Wahlberg? I forget what it's is called, it? but I I actually don't don't know that but I'm, I'm sure he probably is that's what the the richest of the rich athletes are doing now yeah so uh I, yeah I, I don't think he'll play for the dolphins like uh i i don't i, I think we could does anyone have any other things uh, about brady uh to the dolphins or potentially becoming ownership in them no i, I don't i just don't see it happening personally i mean he, he, could be, he could become an owner down the road for sure like a part owner or whatever he'll be in like the front office it sounds like with them he's talk to them too much for it to not be a thing at some point. But I, I don't think he'll ever be a quarterback for them. I, I don't ever see that. I don't think uh, – how much longer – and, again, it's more, probably more of a mark question. Do you know how many years he has under contract with the Bucks? Well, he signed, like, that four-year extension, but they, right. but they basically worked it out where it's year-to-year. Year. Like, okay. it was for salary oh. cap, but okay. he, he can – it's year-to-year. Year. Okay. And, um, he, and he could become a free agent after this year if he chose to. Yeah, I just don't know if you do that to go to a whole other – team and right we build again yeah uh, i agree on that well uh let's turn it into this because the the next topic i have hopefully you guys did your homework uh i came up with a list of teams that i will predict after this season will be looking for a new quarterback or at least in the quarterback market uh and like some are very obvious candidates so we can just kind of leave them to the end but uh let's all start off with like our most surprising team that we think will be looking for a new quarterback come next year. So uh, the team, the team who I have on my list that I think could be the most surprising Arizona Cardinals. So I I see things heading South with them this year. Like uh, Hopkins is suspended for the first six games and they've always been the team that started hot and finished weak. I think that's going to be a massive blow to them. And like, it just progressively is getting weirder with Kyler Murray. And, like, he doesn't seem like a team player at all. I, I really don't have any respect for him anymore. And, like, I, I think Arizona could very well – especially if they have a poor season. But even if they have a decent season, like, I don't know how much that they're going to want to pay the guy. And, like, I, I could see them making a trade for high draft picks, multiple firsts, or, or perhaps even a, another uh, starter within the league and just making a, a swap off of that. Uh uh, one, one team I, I did think of because he's he's from Texas. Like it, it wouldn't be like a massive trade, but the Texans did just acquire all these extra first round picks. And Davis Mills had had a decent season. If they were looking for a bridge, especially if Mills looks good again this year, 
I could see them making a deal like that in Houston because like Houston would need more of a splash and have some star to, to start building around. He's from there. Hopefully you could get more buy-in. Uh, and Mills, like it won't sound impressive, but like he kind of gives me the Kirk Cousins vibe because like he That's was generous. Well, meaning like he was a mid-round pick. Nobody expected him to be a starter. He then, it, then he was, he overachieved. And that like it, that's not nothing like Kirk Cousins has been a starting quarterback for 10 years now. And like, probably not top 10, but like he could obviously get a job with lots of other teams in the league. If Minnesota decided to move off of them and that, that could be be mills as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, if you, if I look at the NFL and I could talk about this for probably 30 minutes by itself, but I honestly think about half the teams next year and that's just the NFL probably as a whole, but about 12 teams, uh, um, 12 to 16 teams, I think, next year could easily be moving on from their quarterback. You have the Falcons, you know, they're, they're not they're, if Mario doesn't perform well, they're probably in the QB market. Yeah, the other two New York teams I just mentioned. Okay, you look at Arizona, of course, with how weird Kyler is. You look at the Niners, and if Trey Lance isn't what they like, and Jimmy G is Jimmy G again, then they could be looking for a new one. Uh, the Colts could be on for a new one. You know what I mean? The Jags, if Trevor yeah. Lawrence sucks, they could be on for a new one. But Not the Jags. No, I mean, probably not. I'm just saying, like, there are potentially tons of teams yeah. that could just want to move and on. It is interesting because even though, like, we're in the quote-unquote age of the quarterback, yeah. that, like, still half the teams in the league will be looking to improve, even though, like, there's supposedly the so many Lions, good I mean, ones. Lions, but I, I think the team, to answer your question, to, to, to bring it, you know, to the point, uh, the Ravens. I think that's the surprising team that I think can move on. And not even just because – I don't agree, but that is interesting. Yeah, so um, – and strictly because I think they might want to jump ship. And I think John Harbaugh loves Lamar Jackson, so it might sound kind of weird. But um, there's just so much talk about him not getting his contract, and I feel like there's got to be something to that. Maybe they just want to look down the road longer, and uh, they get rid of someone or they trade, trade across, kind of like the Rams and the Lions or something for someone more stable – or something like that, but um, that's the that's my surprise pick or a team like for a team that could be looking for a new QB at the end of the season. There would be probably twenty six teams going after Lamar. Hundred percent. They yeah. wanted to move off of. Him. That's what I'm saying, and that, that's why it's so weird because because it's not like he's a hot commodity. It's not like, like that he's like not Lamar hot Dak or something. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just like uh, it's hey man, we keep making it to the playoffs. We're not doing something. Cowboys, like, hey man, we keep making it to the playoffs. We're not doing something right. Switch it up. And if they just straight, you know, trade straight across, something like that, that that's actually a good one to Cowboys. I didn't even think of a, a suitor for him, but that's a perfectly good uh, trading partner. I think there's something like that could happen. And uh, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones loves fucking throwing money at people. So maybe he just wants to pay Lamar the big money to make a big splash, you know? And uh, he's tired of being, uh, <clears throat> you know, eight and eight, or well, it's eight and nine or whatever, yeah. nine and eight with, uh, with Dak and just barely scraping into the playoffs and losing. Yeah. Ryan, do you have any surprising teams on your list that could be looking for a quarterback this next offseason? Yeah, I like Flava's New York teams, but mine, I'll be uh, – I'll say Tennessee. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. They were in the 16, I was thinking. They're, they're not on my list, but I, I agree with you. Was that all you had to say? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, especially uh, not not hope because Henry's one of my favorite players, but if he's injured again this year, they don't have A.J. Brown. Like, they could be in some trouble. Like, it, they don't have the weapons that, that seems like they, they need to have. Uh, so, so, yeah, that could be one that goes south. And also, it was like, like they, uh, it was Cincinnati that they lost to in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like they absolutely should have won that game in town. 
Like, uh, so they, they could very easily be a team looking to move on. Uh, uh, another, like, uh, another one, probably not as compelling, but I, I do think after this year, the Bucs are going to have to find a new quarterback. Like, I, I think Brady's done after this year. He's never talked about retirement until now. And I think he he's one more go at it, and he he's gonna call it for good. He, you're not a believer in Kyle Trasker, <laughs> not not at all. <laughs> not to uh, take over the reins for a Super but, Bowl team. But what one quick thing, like I can mention some other teams. But since you talked about Atlanta, like unless they just absolutely or totally sold on Ritter, which I do not believe to be the case. Like if you've seen the history on on quarterbacks drafted in the second round, like if you truly believe in somebody, you're gonna take them in the first round. Like you might wind up looking dumb. But, like, that just seems like a wasted pick to me because, like, they have so many holes on that roster and they would be a team – it would benefit them to suck and get the number one pick this year and get get Stroud or Bryce Young and, and move off of Mariota. But, mm-hmm. like, now that they'll have the weird dynamic with Ritter and even if they still are, like, the, the number one, two, or three pick, you're not going to get the value that you spent on Ritter to get them with the second-round pick. Like, uh, I, like not that I – really hate Ritter or dislike him as a player, but I don't like the strategy behind them doing that. Uh, I, I felt like when you have so many other needs, like why would you take kind of like a semi-flyer on a quarterback in the second round? Yeah, it doesn't seem like a serious pick. Yeah. Yeah, especially when <clears throat> there were so many quarterbacks that had been taken already. They had their they had their pick of the litter for the most part, and they got like yeah. the, uh, the one that was least inspiring and the one that got the most hype towards the going towards the draft, but like you hadn't even heard about him really like yeah. months before because at least what uh, I mean, speaking of the Titans, at least what Malik Willis like, people see a high ceiling there, yeah. and nobody like, like what did, what was the comparison with Ritter where it's like okay that's that's it like he he could maybe be a poor man's Dak Prescott. Yeah. What's that going to do for yeah. you? Uh, a little a little to nothing. I don't know. It was kind of a strange one with that. Um, I don't think it, it felt like a serious pick. You look at other second round picks, and most of those guys are going to be starters at least historically a lot of second rounders turned into starters or at least significant role players. And you just kind of feel like he's not going to do that. And I love all the memes that are coming out about them. People are so freaking World War II pilot. People, <laughs> World War II pilot. People are so freaking mean, man. I love it though. Um, yeah. It just doesn't seem like a good fit anywhere really. And uh, If Mariota is good, I mean, or if he's bad, do you think he gets, he gets thrown in? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the purpose. Like, they, they didn't want to just totally throw the rookie to the Wolves, but – Is it a sooner rather than later thing? Like, if he drops three games, like, they're just going to jump straight to him? Or do you think they're going to give Mariota, like, an actual fighting shot? I think I think Mariota, might, unless he's awful, might get half the year, and then the, the last half of the year you got to okay. rid if yeah. he's not hurt. That's where I was thinking. Yeah, which I think that's kind of the sweet spot if you have, like, a rookie prospect that you don't feel like it's totally ready. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to our last football topic of the night. Uh, so Pro Football Focus came out with their, you know, highly scientific, metric-driven top 10 NFL head coaches in the league right now. Uh, Ryan, did you get a chance to take a look at this list? If not, I, I can read them all off for us. No, uh, yeah, read it off, please. <laughs> yeah, so uh, number one, Bill Belichick. Two, John Hall or John Harbaugh. Three, Andy Reid. Four, Cliff Kingsbury. Five, Pete Carroll. Six, Matt Lafleur. Seven, Kyle Shanahan. Eight, Mike Vrabel. Nine, Frank Wright. And ten, Mike McCarthy. So one name absolutely jumps off the list and makes no freaking sense whatsoever. They have Cliff Kingsbury at fourth. 
he's not even a good head coach. Like they, he made the playoffs one time this year, and they still did what they do every other year and flame out at the end. Like if they were doing like the top five coaches to have a beer with, Kingsbury would probably be on it. <laughs> but like the top, are you kidding me? They don't have Sean McVay or Mike Tomlin on the list, and Cliff Kingsbury is four. Like not that I was a huge believer in PFF, but that delegitimize anything I would ever believe in them that they they put out like oh this right guard's number one and the, they don't know what they're talking about but I think that this list is just ridiculous like I'll check one I can understand that but honestly and I like I'll, I'll give my take and I'll, I'll let you jump in on it Ryan and see if you agree and any thoughts you have on these coaches but yeah. like they don't even have McVay on the list and in my opinion I think right now not historically I think he's eclipsed Belichick as the best coach in the entire league. Like, I, I love how McVay connects with all of his players. Like, everyone seems to love him. He's crazy intelligent. Like, he just gets it. And, like, they can bring in guys like Odell that crash and burn everywhere else. And then he comes back to life and has a great year with the Rams. Like, I, I think McVay, for just the modern coach in the league right now, I don't think that you would want anybody over him. Yeah, I think uh, McVay's how Tomlin was when he first started in Pittsburgh. Just a young coach that has he gets respect from all of his players, and he's still stern, relates to them, and just dominant. Really, I, uh, I, I was sorry. No, I, I agree with John, um, but I, I think that's how Tomlin was. Now Tomlin kind of still is. Still, you know, he's probably fifty now, but you know, still a young coach and just like. Uh, those guys are, that's how McVay is now, you know, I was, uh, I'm not sure if you read it or not arguing with, uh, with John about it in the chat that I think, uh, Shanahan, I, I think we talked about it on the pod even last year. Yeah. Uh, I, to, to some extent, right but, before the playoffs, we, yeah. Cause they were both in it obviously, but, um, yeah, that I like Kyle Shanahan. I'm pretty sure I said that back then too. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, we were on the same same side. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kyle Shanahan, I like over over Sean McVay uh, strictly because he's done. I feel like he's done more with less. Granted, I get that Kyle Shanahan has great players for the most part. He has Kittle. He has the you know the running back trio for a while there. They were all really good. He has Debo and Warner, the Bosa. Yeah, exactly. It, it's not like it's not like he's working with nothing. I think he's just doing it with, with less. Um, you look at the Rams and all McVay's had to do is sign whoever the hell he wants and free agency or trade for. And he basically, you know, traded for a Super Bowl. And, and good. Even though they've traded all those picks, mm-hmm. though, they've done a great job of developing the it. later round picks that they have taken. The role guys. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, like, there's nothing wrong with what they're doing uh, necessarily. I just am always a fan of building your team a different way, even though the Broncos haven't done it that way, really. Um, I just – I made one trade. Yeah, I made one big trade, though. Yeah. And then you look at <clears throat> what the success the Broncos have had over the last 10 years, it's been because of trades. You yeah. Know, besides, like, at the receiver position or something like that, um, they've all been big trades. Then you look at like Bill Belichick. He's historically never really done, been you know big in the free agency market. Kind of like the Packers, except with better success. Obviously, you don't win six Super Bowls um, on 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 accident. So I think you know I think uh, Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, McVay has the the hardware to prove it. But I like building teams the other way, and the Rams have just thrown caution to the wind. 
and have mm-hmm. built have built a team completely through trading and drafting. Let me let me pose this question mm-hmm. from it. Say say that McVeigh or Shanahan, like they suddenly just became the coach of the Lions mm-hmm. with their roster right now. Which one do you think would have more wins this season? Oh God! If they had to coach the Lions. <clears throat> Maybe not even them cause of golf, but you you get what I'm saying. Like well, if they were just yeah, part of the Jags or just put on a really poor yeah, team. Yeah, a really terrible team. Uh but Shanahan. Okay. And and it's and that's not, why you pick him. Yeah, and that's exactly why I picked that, that's literally exactly why I picked him because I think he's doing more with less. And the guy who's been to the playoffs twice with Jimmy G. He went to a Super Bowl. What's your answer to that question, Ryan? If they became like coach of the Rams or Jags, who do you think would do better? I think McVeigh, because Shanahan was on the Redskins. <laughs> okay. That's the only reason. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, he can't coach anywhere. You know what I mean? So, okay. well, are you going to put any thought well, in there? He, he, got, he got Matt Ryan to MVP when he was offensive coordinator he, at Atlanta. He did. And then they, you know, and they had no defense and didn't do anything after uh, Shanahan. But I think, yeah. I think McVay's the guy, dude. If, if I'm just. It's not you even just, a – I'm not even a case. You just made a case for Shanahan being on that team and then tanking as soon as he left, and then you picked the other guy? Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's a winner, dude. Yeah, that's uh, right. He was a receiver's coach. Yeah, yeah. but but uh, the, the last thing that I'll say with, with that kind of debate and the, the coaching list is what, what I look at, there are a lot – like any of those good coaches, especially Belichick, I think he proved it last year. It's like I think it's more difficult – to take a good team and elevate them to be able to be champions than it is to take a mediocre or slightly below average team and get into the playoffs. Like I, I still think Shanahan is a really good coach, but just you got to, to be like, the, it's the best of the best. Like they play the games to win like Herm Edwards and the, you have to elevate your team to the highest level and Shanahan's come close, but like McVay got through, and they, they made the Super Bowl with Jared Goff as well. So that that's kind of my basis for for picking him at this time. I, I again, I get it, but went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Yeah. Went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Yeah. I mean, yeah, almost home Jared Goff takes the one throw. Jared that's what I'm saying. Goff. Huh? Jared Goff, man. Yeah, but then you look at the other side, and he still has freaking Aaron Donald. Not just like Nick Bosa, not a yeah. great D end, like the best defensive tackle of all time. Well, they should be on anybody's top five or six minimum, and McVay wasn't even on the PFL. Yeah, and then, and then to go back to the list, it's absolutely bullshit that he's not on the list. So, uh, <laughs> so that, that's it for the football topics. Let, let's just hit this because it's been really interesting <laughs> to me. Uh, Ron, have you followed any of the developments with the PGA Tour and the, the LIV Tour from Saudi Arabia? Yeah, all I know, I'm not super educated on the league or anything, but all I know is there's, there's a lot of uh, the PGA suspended like 17 players. Uh, they are now in, going to be in lawsuits because I think they can't do that or something, something yeah, like that. It seems pretty antitrust. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, the PGA seems pretty corrupt. And then uh, uh, I saw Schwartzel, I think, won today, the first yeah. event. 54 holes and won $4.75 million. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, should have, I should have played golf. Right? Well, like, that, that's what I feel like. Uh, everyone everyone hates on this auditor, and it's like, so every, every entity, like our government buys oil from them. If people are going to be on their high horse, it's like, 
at least be fair and judge everybody that's involved with them instead of like when it's literally insane life changing money and like what a lot of people don't understand is the majority of these events are in the United States. It's not like these guys even have to move their families. Like they already play uh, events overseas throughout the year. And they just played three of the eight events outside of the country this year. Like, uh, and, and it, it's life changing money. And like the P there's a reason why the PGA tour was so, was so threatened by it because like, I, I've heard the comparison. If you think about like the NFL and the other leagues that have sprung up, the NFL is never, ever going to be threatened because they have a hundred times the money of any league that could want to be a competitor. And there's just no way to siphon players. There's no infrastructure, but the PGA tour was just clearly threatened because the Saudi tour has way more money than they do. And they, they can just pay out and they, and it's, I guess it's a long-term investment, but they don't even necessarily have to make money off of it for years and years. Like they, they can keep acquiring players and like, one guy, I, I don't know if he's completely stated like that he's saying with the PGA Tour, but I, I was thinking like who could, could tilt the board a little bit right now. And you know, like LIV is still going after players to, to add to their tour. Uh, what if they got John Rom? Like if you, if you think about all of the, like uh, they don't, other than DJ and, and Bryson, who are top 10 players, which is already a, a mega get in itself. They've gotten a lot of big personalities. Like they got Bryson, they they got uh, they got Phil, they got Sergio, they got Ricky Fowler, who's really well liked. So like they're having a good strategy. And it's like if you get another player like, like a Rom, that's a great player, but also he's a hothead. He's interesting to watch. Like the PGA Tour is going to have to capitulate at some point and allow these guys to play on both of the tours. Like the only like they they're going to damage themselves the longer they try to fight and just suspend players for life versus like, okay, let's come to the negotiating table and figure out how we can make these two coincide together. Especially if they're throwing so much money at them. It's hard. At, at some point they're going to throw such ridiculous numbers at people like they already have that they're not going to be able to say no uh, with the exception of like Tiger. Like he does, he's mm. going to play a lot longer, probably like competitively. Um, <clears throat> his body's always beat up, but. Yeah, you, you look at how much money they're just tossing out. I saw that they paid five. It was like between four hundred fifty and five hundred million mm -hmm. for three players. Yeah, it was like Phil, DJ, and Bryson. Yeah, those guys all got like hundred and hundred and something odd million dollar contracts. And at some point, I feel like players with the PGA are just going to get pissed, and they're you know, not that four million dollars is pennies, but you win like four or five million dollars for a tournament, two million dollars for a tournament in a weekend. Like, yeah, man. yeah, exactly, in a weekend. And then you just get $120 million guaranteed for going to play yeah. someplace you're already some for sport you're already playing. Well, the the last place finisher in the LIV tournament this week, 48th place, got 120 20 grand. Jesus. Like there, yeah. there's no cut. You you're guaranteed to get money. Mm. And and at PGA, if you get cut, you don't make anything for that week. And then if you make the cut and finish at the bottom, it's not 120 grand. It's like 20 it's, like, it's like five or ten. Oh. Like basically you would if you finished in fifth place in the, the LIV tournament, that would be like winning or coming in second place in like, in like a major on the PGA tour. Yeah. Like the, uh, anything with the FedEx really? Yeah. Like, uh, the player's championship is the, is the highest person. I believe the winner of that gets 2.3 million and Schwartzel just doubled that with a, with a win and over 54 holes. It's not 72 holes. It's just three day tournaments. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think it's I think it's good for the sport. Competition's always good for stuff like that, whether it's in 
tech, whether it's in, you know, uh, sports, obviously, uh, just another company going back and forth. It puts pressure on the other company to have to either match or fall. And um, I think it's good for the players. And I think the players should be getting paid money. Maybe not that much money, but it's good that they have a choice that they can go elsewhere now instead of just being constrained to that one league. And it sure does make the PGA look bad, man. Yeah. It's not, it's kind of damning for them. And like I said, I, I think at some point it's going to have to be give or give and take. Like they're just trying to take. Yeah. Right? Cause it's like, they, they can't have their cake and eat it too, where yeah. they, they want to call these guys like independent contractors. But then when they do something you don't like, you're gonna, independent, you're going to suspend them because they're, they're turning their back on your tour. But what, cause it's like, well, Maybe you need to figure out a way to make your players full-time. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know all the logistics of it, but I did hear, like, the way the PGA is set up, I, I don't know if it's, like, like a charitable thing or what, but they can't pay players just to show up at tournaments. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, like they're kind of boxed in by their own rules at, at this point, too. So, it, it's going to – like, a, a lot of people are mad, but, like, I do think it, it's obviously going to force some change from, uh, from their tour for sure. Yeah, and uh... – It'll be. I think it's cool to watch, though. I think it's kind of cool to watch players get to choose if they want to go. And who said no already? It was uh, Hideki. Hideki said no. Uh, or Colin Morikawa. Maybe Mark. I know that uh, Tiger, Rory, and JT have all Rory. been very vocal about like they're not leaving the tour and they think it's a bad thing and they shouldn't be be part of it. Rory's actually been really judgy. Like he, he like he's articulate and he's a nice guy, but like if you listen to him, like. He's pretty judgy, and it, like he, it, he's got on my nerves with that. That lately, like kind of being condescending to other people and their choices. I, I don't really appreciate that. Yeah, but you uh, did you watch? Sorry, switching switching gears now. Uh, this is still the football fools you're listening to. Just a heads up. Um, with just, a Z. Yeah, with a Z. Just a, a little bit of a slow week, obviously with football news. So we're, you know, branching off a little bit. But NHL playoffs just ended technically. Uh, Ryan, did you see who won? I, I was getting text messages. I'm guessing it was the Lightning. Yeah, so it's going to be Lightning third time in a row versus the Colorado Avalanche. Who do you, who do you got? Uh, Stan, so we had this argument. Stanley Cup is the hardest championship to win. Lightning are so – they have the best goalie in hockey. True. By far. Uh, and confirmed. Number two will be the Rangers. Uh, Tzerkin. Yeah. Shesterkin? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I think the Avs, I think it's their time, dude. They have a, they're the fastest team. It's the fastest team versus probably the most technical champion team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I like the Avs, so I, I, it's going to come off by us. But I, I think it's their their time to to knock off the Lightning. Like, at some point, there, there's going to be attrition. Like, it, it, especially with hockey, if you've made it to the finals three straight years, you've basically played an extra season over the last three years. And, like, Avalanche are coming in rested like that. That can sometimes backfire if you lose your momentum. But like the Avalanche are the fastest team, but also like it, it's going to be hurt that they they lost Kadri. But I think they're the most balanced team. Like they they have speed. They have two good goalies that they can change out if one's not having a good game. Uh, they they got some Maulers like Manson. Uh, like they're really well balanced and like. They've won games where their star players have carried them, and they've won like the last game against the Oilers. They they won where basically none of the star players were scoring. Like they have plenty of guys that have stepped up, and I, I think the Avs' one problem was closing out games, and you saw that the game against the Blues. They were up three zero and blew it, but 
them being able to win that that next game and then sweep Edmonton, I think that they've matured as a team and they're they're learning how to close games out. So like, I think they got, especially at home ice, I think they've got a great chance to finish off the Lightning. Like, obviously, it wouldn't be shocking if Tampa won because they've won the last two years and have hard of a champion. But as of right now, I would go abs and six. They have not lost a game on the road in the playoffs. I think it'll go at least six games. I uh, I like that, too. I like abs and six. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I like abs. I just think it'll go to at least six games. I think it's going to be a, a really long – a longer series. Um I think it's a really good matchup. I just kept, I was talking about it this whole week. I just kept thinking that if the Rangers were somehow to go, um, that it would be a, a higher shooting Stanley cup playoff. Um, like it'd be every game would be like six, seven, you know, seven, eight, something like that, because those teams are both crazy uh, offensive, offensive minded teams, even their defense. You have McCarr, who's really good at, you know, at scoring uh, on the uh, Rangers, they have Fox, and Miller that are both really good defenders that can shoot and, you know, and score. And uh, that's what you really need because it can't just be all your offensive guys as the Oilers showed. Their big three were really good, and they had tons of points. Like Vander Kane had like a nine-point streak or something like that in, in like three games or something. And uh, you can't just rely on like your offense or like your big players. When you get to that level of competition to the Stanley Cup, it needs to be a balanced team. The only reason I would choose the Lightning, obviously the Avs are on fire right now and there's really no reason to pick against them, except that I think it comes to tough. It comes down to toughness. And McKinnon's been beat up all year, not like injured, but he's been getting beat up all year. Like he got hit in the face a couple times, right? And he got absolutely blind. Uh, it was an illegal legal hit. And whoever hit him, I forgot now. Was it, who was it? He got, was it Kane? That was on Kadri. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But uh, he did whoever, someone hit him in the, like, towards the end of the season and they got suspended for a couple games. But um, <clears throat> I think the lightning are a bigger team. Okay. I think they're more experienced. Obviously this is the abs first time in a, in a long time, especially with this team. Um, and I just think it's going to come down to defense. And I think the abs have a really fast defense, which is going to you know play to their favor. But I think the lightning have a more experienced defense and, bigger players on the defensive side, plus their goalies significantly better. No one's holding a Darcy Kemper isn't holding a candle to Andre Vasilevsky. I don't think Darcy should be the starter. I think it should be Frankie. Yeah. Well, I mean, towards the playoffs, it kind of looked like that, but who knows that guy. I literally watched that guy play in the AHL uh, last year. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. I mean, he is a really good goalie. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like kind of strange. This dude was just in, you know, Loveland, Colorado playing in the AHL for the Eagles uh, less than 12 months ago, and now he's about to be in the Stanley Cup. And it's a great story, and he's played out of his mind. But either one of them, uh, you know, Vasilevsky's a million times better. And yeah, I'm not debating that. If they have an advantage, it's definitely in the, the, the goalkeeper. So. Yeah, I just think it's going to be a little lower scoring now that it's the Lightning and not the Rangers. So I'm excited to we, see we it. We don't even have Kadri to crash into him and, yeah. and knock him out. Exactly, you know, like, exactly. So we'll see. I, I like, um, and these are the two definitely the top teams, man. I, I've, I'm glad we got to see the Avs and Oilers. I thought it'd be a little more competitive, and it wasn't. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, the I Lightning, Lightning Avs, that's a killer Stanley Cup final, man. I just think it's going to come – yeah, it's going to be it's going to be entertaining as hell. I just think it's going to come down to toughness. And I think the Lightning are a bigger, tougher team and have been there two times, two years in a row. So yeah. you got Lightning and six. Then. Lightning and six. Right. <laughs> I, I wish, uh, other than the Peng- Penguins, I wish it was uh, the Avs versus uh, Carolina. That would have been cool. 
those have been really good, really good match. I don't know. Like when you get towards the second end of the second round, all those teams should be there. I mean, I think if you if you weren't like uh, rooting for a particular team, I do think Abs and Lightning is probably what the most people would find, yeah. find entertaining and think is the best against the best. Yeah, for sure. I don't think I think there's half the world that thinks the Lightning. It's cool that they're going for a third one. I think there's half the world that thinks that that's annoying as hell. Well, that's good. <laughs> the Avalanche will have a lot of people rooting for them. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Just to just to knock them off their off their off their high chair. So, um, I'm pretty sure that's it, right? That's all we have. Yeah, guess for next time. Oh, uh, our guest for this one was supposed to be Drew Brees. Um, what were we talking about with him in the in the? We fired him too because he's born. Yeah, we. Oh, that's what it was. We didn't get to get him on the show. We did record uh, a secondary episode. Um, a test, a pilot episode, if you will, with Drew Brees on the show. And he just put Ryan to sleep and we can't afford to have our intern sleeping on the job. <laughs> so uh, Drew Brees got the ax. Uh, Philip Rivers, still very active in the football fools community. He is uh, actively paving the way for new. Uh, uh, he actually got us our Zen sponsorship. So we can thank Philip Rivers for that behind the scenes uh, guru of marketing. That's what we've, uh, that's the, the spot we've designated him with. Uh, but next week on, the Football Fools Podcast. Ryan, you ready? Yep. Sean McVay. Let's go. We got the Super Bowl winning coach, Sean McVay, on the show next week. I know, hard to believe. Busy guy. We're a, a big show, so, of course, we have some pull with Phil and stuff like that. They're really close friends yeah. somehow. And when you heard all those rumor media, uh, all the all the media rumors towards the end of the year that yeah. he might leave coaching, who, yeah. do you, who do you think he was talking about? Joining? He wasn't talking about joining Fox or NBC or anything like that or ESPN. He was coming to work for the Football Fools podcast. And L.A. being L.A. threw a little bit more money at him than we could afford, and they got him for another couple years. So we're going to have Sean McVay on here to talk about why he didn't join the Football Fools podcast over the offseason and why uh, he thinks he's better than Kyle Shanahan. Next week on the Football Fools podcast, stay tuned for Sean McVay, Super Bowl winning head coach and second best coach in the NFC West. Um, Okay, yeah, so that's it for tonight. Everybody have a great night. Thank you for listening again. I'm sure you all, 20,000 of you uh, in Texas, were all listening and probably lost half of you because of Ryan. Um, so we'll be looking into that HR problem. But you guys have a great rest of your night. We'll uh, talk to you in a week or two. Hopefully we get some uh, more football news so we don't have to talk about golf and hockey. See ya. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Dangerous zone.